Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Extraordinary Talk Show with your host, Della Hill. It is your weekly program to help you reframe your mind, reframe your thoughts, and reframe your life. We talk a lot about things like meditation and introspection and intuition and all kinds of things that can help you hack your own brain to bring you the life that you wish for, the life that you desire, the life that you dream of. That's why we're here. There was a time in my life I was trying to figure out how to do all this stuff, and I've spent a lot of time, a lot of reading, a lot of studying, figuring these things out, and I am here to share it with you, and I'm so excited to do that. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Today we are specifically talking about reframing your thoughts, and I want to give you, I want to start with a few specific things to help you understand where we're going with this to start out. Number one thing I want you to hear, your brain, even your own thoughts, lie to you. They lie to you every single day. Now, you might think that you are not brain controlled. You might think that you are completely empowering your own thoughts at all times. And I'm here to tell you, you're probably not doing it as much as you think you are, but you can. Truth is, 90% of our thoughts every day are exactly the same thoughts that we had yesterday. We got up, we brushed our teeth the same, we brushed our hair the same, we went through our closet the same, we went through our day the same, and almost nothing is new. And because of that, we're running on the same programs in our brain that we've been running on for years, if not decades, if not our whole life. And if your life is not going the way you want it to, maybe you need to change your patterns. Maybe you need to run the processes, change the processes that you're running on. And when it comes down to it, your thoughts are at the very base level of all of that. If you've been doing the same thing for 40 years and you have a life that you don't love, maybe it's time to change what you've been doing in order to get the life that you want. You cannot fix a problem with the same type of thinking that went into causing it. Albert Einstein said something like that, and my friend Cody likes to say something like that. You cannot change a problem. You cannot fix a problem with the same thinking that caused it. If the problem is your life and you don't like where your life is at, or maybe you do, but you know it could be better, you can't make it better doing the same things that made it what it is. You have to change your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your patterns, And the place you start is at the top of that, with your thoughts. Your thoughts are very often true and accurate, but they're not always true and accurate. And it's up to you to change them, to reframe them, and to give them the accuracy that you want them to have. Here's a fun quote, and I don't know who said it. We are not shaped by a string of events that happen to us. We are shaped by the way we respond change, and grow as a result of these events. So if you had an abusive parent as a child, that didn't necessarily make you who you are now. Even though you are living your programming based on a lot of those things that were programmed into you when you were a child. You are actually living your life based on how you responded to that happening how you were able to take those lessons and learn from them or not learn from them and how you've been able to replace them and put them back into 
your life the way that your life is now. On top of that, another quote that I love that fits right along by that is by a woman who I absolutely adore, Eleanor Roosevelt. And she said, no one can make you feel inadequate without your consent. So what I mean is nothing that happens to you automatically has an automatic reaction result. You get to choose the meaning that you apply to anything and everything. And what's happening now is you're already running off of these programs that you've been trained into, that you've been patterned into, that you don't even realize that you're running, that automatically assign a meaning to everything that happens to you. And here's the truth. Everything that happens to you and every thought that you have, whether it's internal like your own thoughts or external like the stuff that's happening to you, none of that has a meaning until you assign it one. In our world that we live in today, we are highly conditioned. We are highly trained to hear something and have an automatic response to it. And we allow ourselves to do this. For example, there's a thing called neuro-linguistic programming, called NLP. This is something that hypnotists use. It's something that public speakers use. And NLP, the basic idea of it is that words and phrases cause an automatic emotional reaction inside of us. So when public speakers are talking and they want to draw you in, they will use certain words that will trigger that automatic response in order to pull you in, make you interested, okay? For example, if I tell you to think about having a warm cup of hot cocoa, think about that. Maybe you can imagine it in your hands. You can feel the warmth of the cup in your hands. You can smell it. You can feel the sweetness of it. And all I did was say into a microphone, a warm cup of hot cocoa. And then I added to it a little bit. So you are already having brain chemicals released because I said a warm cup of cocoa. Because you know what that means to you. You have a history of having a warm cup of cocoa when you're feeling stressed out. And so it makes you feel relaxed. It makes you feel calm. Usually if you're having cocoa, it's a quiet, relaxed evening, right? So all I have to do is say those words and it automatically triggers to you what you have trained it to trigger based on what a warm cup of cocoa means to you. On the other hand, if I say you walk into the kitchen and you find a sour, curdled cup of cocoa sitting on the counter, what reaction does that give you? Because the words sour and curdled are going to have an entirely different reaction within you than a warm cup of hot cocoa. Even though we're talking about the same thing, it's just a different temperature maybe a day later. But it has those automatic responses within you. And first thing I want you to do is to recognize when you are automatically giving something a meaning and a value for you based on your training, something that you've never learned or taught yourself or told yourself, when I hear cup of cocoa, I want to feel warm and fuzzy inside, yet it happens anyway. So as you hear things, as you get things from your external reality coming into you, the first thing you've got to do is recognize it and recognize that you do have an automatic trained response to assign meaning to that. 
Just because that's what's trained doesn't mean it's what you have to do. You can change your training. You can hear anything from the outside and even your own internal thoughts, recognize them, see them for what they are, and choose what meaning you are going to allow those things to have. There's a couple ways as we can we call this. One way that you can do it or one f- name for it is catch and release. To catch your thoughts, catch the things coming in, recognize what they are, and then release them. Also, see the thought, don't be the thought. This specifically comes from a book by Mel Walsh, The Positivity Principle, which is one of my new favorite books. So when we have external things coming in, when, they, when we hear them, when we see them, we have an automatic reaction. Just because we have that automatic reaction doesn't mean we have to. We can change the way we react. Just like Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel inadequate without your permission. And I may be missing that up just a little bit, but you get the point. Nothing can happen to you and you take away from it without your permission. You can choose how you react to a situation. Maybe you can't choose what the situation is, but you can choose how you react to it. And that doesn't just mean if your boss gives you some feedback that's hard to fee- hard to hear that you choose to implement that feedback. What it means is right there in that moment when you're sitting across the desk from him and he's telling you this, you have a choice to be hurt, to be insulted, to be defensive, or you have a choice to let that in, to evaluate it, to recognize that maybe that is something that you could be better at your job and you could be better at who you are if you accepted that feedback. And the way that you frame those two things is entirely different. And it's not just about going out and implementing the feedback. It's about the way you take in the feedback and what that feedback means to you. Because maybe to you, it just confirms that you're not very good at your job and you probably shouldn't be there anyway. Or maybe that confirms to you that you have opportunities to be better, that you have ways that you can grow that you didn't know before. You weren't aware of these things before. And now somebody pointed them out and you have the opportunity to make yourself a better person. And that's awesome. So do you see how that same thing can happen and you can internalize two entirely different results from it? And that isn't just powerful. It's amazing. Another example I want to give you of an internal thing is your own thoughts. I had a conversation with a coworker where he, we were waving at each other and he said, I can't wave with this arm because I hurt my shoulder. I said, well, how'd you hurt your shoulder? He said, I'm stupid. And immediately like the warning flags went off in my brain because I know that's something that I should never ever say to myself about myself or to or about anybody else. And I told him, dude, what are you doing? You, you can't say that. You can't even talk like that. You're not stupid. You cannot place that label on yourself. You've got to reframe that by saying, I am a smart person who did a stupid thing. And I want to look at those two phrases. When you say, I am stupid, it's definite. It's limited. There's nowhere to go from there. It's entirely unforgiving. It's unloving. It's not compassionate. On the other hand, if you say, I'm a smart person who did a stupid thing, 
that's entirely different. In that statement, there is forgiveness. There is compassion for yourself, love for yourself. And if you think that maybe you don't deserve that, that's one of those things I'm trying to tell you, you need to change because you do deserve it. And it's easier than you think. And I had this conversation with my friend and he seemed to get it. And he said, you know what? Sometimes when that voice is talking in my head, telling me things like I'm stupid, it's hard to change it. And I said, yeah, but part of the reason it's hard to change it is because you haven't really been aware of it till now. You just hear that voice in the back of your head and it didn't ever ever occur to you that you could change it. We know we, we see things where people are trying to be more positive and they put up post-it notes and they, they say, I'm a strong person, I'm a valuable person. And they look at that every single day. And for some people that works because some people believe that it can work and they believe that they actually can accomplish the things that those little post-it notes say. On the other hand, if you have a post-it note on your mirror that you see every day that says, I am welcoming into my life the perfect person to spend my life with. But yet inside, you believe that you're a piece of crap and no one would ever want to spend their life with you. Having that piece of paper on your mirror is only cluttering, cluttering up your mirror. First, you have to recognize that you are a person that can have change. And I'm here to tell you that you are. You may have looked at some of these self-help things and, and even just saying nice things about yourself, kind of like an SNL skit, like Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live. Do you remember Stuart Smalley? I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. And the thing is, you can use that, and it can be true, and you can believe it. I actually had that written on my mirror in my office for several years. Partly because I thought it was funny, and partly because I actually believe that. When I looked in that mirror and I saw that written around the frame, I could say it to myself, and I could laugh, and I could feel good about me. On the other hand, if I was a person who didn't believe it at all, who didn't believe it could be, I'd be very, very limited. And guys, I want you to release your limitations. When you give yourself a label like, I am stupid, you are defining yourself in a very, very limited manner. You must have more love for yourself than that. And would you speak to your spouse, your children, or your friends that way? Would you have a friend hanging out one day and say, man, you're stupid in such a definite manner? You might even say that your friend did something stupid. You'd be like, dude, that was a stupid thing to do. He probably realized that when he did it. But you're not defining him as stupid. You can say this was a stupid thing to do. We all do stupid things. And we can be smart people who do stupid things. Because even smart people make mistakes sometimes. And you got to give yourself that love and that compassion and that space to make mistakes. When you're talking to your children, would you say those things to them? When you're talking to someone that you love, would you say those things to them? And if you wouldn't, why are you saying them to yourself in your own head? you got to start by giving yourself some space you got to give yourself some forgiveness. You've got to give yourself some compassion. And think about it. To say in your head, oh man, I'm stupid. There's no, con- there's no compassion there. There's no forgiveness there. 
that cannot be a way that you allow yourself to treat yourself. You would not let anybody else treat your child that way. You wouldn't let anybody else treat your spouse that way or your best friend that way. And yet you allow yourself to treat yourself that way. And that, my friend, is unacceptable. You must give yourself some forgiveness and some compassion and some room to grow. Because if you say, I'm just stupid, there's no room to grow from there. A smart person who does stupid things can learn to not do stupid things. And just like how those words with neurolinguistic programming have a trained reaction in your mind, whether or not you realize it, those statements absolutely do that. And the more you use those statements, the more you're going to believe those statements and the more you are going to be defined by those statements. You've got to start changing your thought. So I want to talk about catch and release, or you might call it see the thought, don't be the thought. If you're fishing and you pull up a fish, you look at it and you go, that's not one I want to keep. You throw it back. If you pull a thought out of your brain, and the, the trick is to recognize, that's maybe the hardest part of it is to recognize when you're having a thought that you should change because these are thoughts that you've had for years and years and you're so used to it that it never occurred to you to change them. So when it happens, you have to catch the thought. You have to recognize it. And then you hold it up like a fish that you might have just pulled out of the water and go, is this something I want to keep? And if it's not, you chuck it back. See the thought, don't be the thought. What that means is when you have the thought, maybe you have the thought, oh man, I'm an idiot. Nothing good ever happens to me. Okay, grab that thought. Don't assign meaning to it. Don't automatically believe it. Hold that thought up and evaluate it. I'm an idiot. Nothing good ever happens to me. Is that true? Because I don't believe it is. I don't believe you're an idiot at all. I believe you're a good person who sometimes does stupid things, just like I do. You're not an idiot. Okay. Choose to not accept that thought. Choose to not be that thought. Choose to not be an idiot. Choose to be a smart person that sometimes does stupid things. And that, my friend, is how you reframe that thought. It almost seems oversimplified. It almost seems like it's so easy it wouldn't even work. I'm telling you, it works. And it doesn't just work for that guy or that guy or for Della. It can work for you. And it's so easy that it's deceptive. It's so easy to change that thought that people don't think it can be that easy. And they don't even try. So if you think I'm full of crap, test me, man. Challenge me. I am challenging you. If you think I'm full of crap, try it. If you think, oh, that sounds good. I'm sure it works for that person. Try it because you never know what the thing is going to be that works for you until you actually do it. Another thing I want you to reframe is predictions. We tend to have self-fulfilling prophecies. This is a thinking error, but it's more than a thinking error because it does become a prophecy. If you say to yourself, ah, man, I'm never going to get this right. It's not even worth trying. Do you know what you just did? You gave up. You robbed yourself of that chance at success before you even tried. And that's why they say that 
fear kills more dreams than failure ever will because our fear of taking on a challenge often prevents us from taking on the challenge. And just maybe if we took on that challenge, we'd succeed. We are so afraid of failure that we don't even try. You might be thinking, okay, Della, maybe this, see the thought, don't be the thought, catch and release thing might work. But what if it doesn't? What if I try it and it doesn't and I feel even crappier about myself? Well, okay, maybe that that could be. But one, how are you going to know till you try? Because maybe the result, the end result would be so positive that it would blow you out of the water. And two, if you try it and it doesn't work, then you're just like Thomas Edison, who was inventing the light bulb. He didn't find a hundred ways. He didn't fail a hundred times when inventing the light bulb. He found a hundred ways it didn't work. He didn't stop trying. And like I said, just maybe the result that you'll get will make it worth it. Just maybe the result that you'll get will be better than you ever expected. And maybe you'll start to learn to love yourself. Back to predictions. If you're saying, oh, this weekend's going to be terrible. I'm going to have these people in town. It's all these people I don't like, and that's going to make me so uncomfortable, and I'm going to hate this. Guess what's probably going to happen? You're going to hate it. On the other hand, you could take that same scenario and say, okay, this is hap- these events are happening. These people are going to be there. You don't have to assign any meaning to that. If you choose not to, you could choose to just wait and see how it happens. Or you can create a self-fulfilling prophecy in the positive manner by saying, you know, even though I didn't get along with that person last time I saw them, I'm really looking forward to seeing them anyway because I want to hear how their life is going. They're obviously somebody that's in my life. I care about them. Maybe it'll go really well. Maybe we'll go to this event and instead of it being bad like it usually is, maybe it'll be awesome just because of the people I'm there with. And you can start to make these predictions positive rather than negative. What if you didn't apply for that job because you were afraid that you wouldn't get the call? Okay, well, now you're definitely not going to get that job. But what if you take on that challenge? What if you recognize that thought? Oh, maybe I'm not going to get the job. Maybe I'll have to go through all this time and effort and I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm not going to get it. See the thought, don't be the thought. Stop and look at that thought. Has any of that even happened yet? No! You're creating it and you're creating this big, awful story without even giving it the opportunity to play out. If you're going to predict the future, predict positive things. Or stand back and recognize that we live in an unlimited world with absolute uncertainty. And with absolute uncertainty comes unlimited possibilities. We fear the uncertain. We like what's familiar. Our brains love what's familiar. That's why our reticular activating system keeps giving us more of what it thinks that we want because we love what's familiar. And so when there's things in the future that may seem scary, our fears latch on to that uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we automatically tend to define it negatively and expect negative things. And when we do that, we create a limitation. We create a definition. We create something that we can't build or change or grow on before it's even happened, before it even had the opportunity to play out. 
The future is so uncertain that the possibilities are unlimited. And that means those possibilities could be absolutely as awesome as you're afraid that they're going to be negative. You don't know yet. And because you don't know, you latch on to a fearful idea. Catch that idea before it plays out. Or if you're realizing it's playing out in your head, realize it, catch it and go, wait a minute, none of that has even happened yet. I can reframe that. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it just might be awesome. And guys, I can't tell you what's going to happen if you apply this, but it just might be awesome. Stop, look at the thought, see it for what it is, and then you choose whether or not you want to own that, whether or not you want to be that. Practice catch and release with your own thoughts. And the more you do this, the easier it gets because you get practiced and pretty soon those negative thoughts don't even bubble up because you, the thoughts realize, oh, you're, I mean, your brain goes, as soon as I say this, he's going to knock it down. It's not even worth saying. And then it gives up something positive to you instead that you can still look at and say, is this a thought I want to accept? Is this a thought I want to own? And if it's positive, then yes, you can own it. Or maybe it is positive, but you realize it could be even better. So you change it, you redefine it, and you speak it to yourself back in that positive way. One key to this, one trick, if you're having a hard time with it, you also should change your posture. Your body posture carries chemicals, whether or not, depending on the posture that you're using, you're either creating powerful, empowering hormones and brain chemicals, or you are, your body is literally making sad, defensive, depressed hormones and chemicals. And you can change that just by how you are standing. If you stand firmly on both feet with your hands on the hips and say, I am a smart person who sometimes does silly things, it'll be easier. If you're trying to convince yourself of this new positive thing, take on a new positive posture when you do it. Because the muscles in your body, the chemicals in your body will then feed those positive thoughts to give them something even more powerful, to give them impactfulness behind them and fuel behind them so that those positive thoughts can take hold in your brain. And as they begin to take hold and as you do it with more and more and more, it gets easier, it gets better. And what happens then is it's not just that your thoughts are different, your world changes. I can't even explain it to you until you do it and you try it for yourself. Here in a few weeks, we're going to have some guests on who've experienced this, who have seen the thought without being the thought and have changed the way that they see their entire world. And I'm looking forward to sharing some of that with you. For right now, my time is up. This 25 minutes goes by so fast every week. But I'm here for you guys. I love you guys. I would love to hear some comments, some thoughts, some of the, your thoughts that you've been able to reframe and how it's helped you. So I will see you next week, next Monday at 4.30 here on the Extraordinary Talk Show. Have an extraordinary week.